to build resilience and optimize emotional regulation. Interview with Marius Kepper. Have you gone through difficult times in life where your resilience was really tested? When going through life stressors, you know, your emotions were all out of control. How do you become aware of your emotions? And how do you regulate them when the demands in life is so high? If you'd like to learn, you're in the right place. Stay tuned to find the answers as our guest today will share her story of how she overcame a tumultuous relationship and build resilience and, and now she teaches others. Let's learn from her. Welcome to Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 120. Our guest today, Marys Gebhard, is the founder of Opulent Mindfulness and an avid believer in human betterment. She has more than 23 years experience in yoga teaching in parallel to software sales and consulting. She teaches meditations at multinational corporations now. She aims to practice what she believes in and desires to elevate others by aligning with the divine purpose in their lifetime. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help leaders stop burnout and optimize their mental wellness with precision medicine. I believe that your mind is the software that runs the hardware of both your brain and your body. Therefore, we teach practical tips for mental fitness over here. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you like the content over here, then join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. So let's learn from our guest. So Maris, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. And just by your introduction, I can tell this is why you and I came together through the ethers because we're like-minded people believing that we can empower ourselves with our tools that we've been given in this lifetime. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And so tell me a little backstory. How did you become interested in this topic? Yeah, well, you know, I think um, being a Capricorn, I've always been a curious little old soul, always watching and observing and learning from my environment and taking in information and experience in life and then synthesizing that in my own natural way, unique to me. And I think through our childhoods and our surroundings and our teachers and our parents, and our family, they shape us. And then of course, life shapes us. And so I had a few really tumultuous relationships, as you mentioned in the introduction. And so as a professional, I believed, you know, drive and success and go get them and take care of yourself and plan for the future and do the classic, you know, get married, have children, have a house and your profession, da, da, da. And kind of all of that worked and all of that didn't work. So I had to really revisit what is my divine intention? And so when the things that I was working so hard on didn't work out, I had to step back and go, okay, what is really meant for me, my purpose, my ikigai, I guess, as they're calling it too, um, my ultimate purpose, my dharma. And so I was leaning into how can I feel better? Because when we're not in our right place, our soul rubs against the world. We have frustration and anger and resentment and yuck and negative is attracted to us. And so when we find that right place, then we begin to peel away the layers and lean toward the light and draw the right things in and push the wrong things out. So, so what was actually happening in your life? 
So yeah, software sales and consulting. I had several amazing positions and a few of them I was let go of, even though I was top sales and having good success for some reason or another, 9-11, or I was dating the guy who was the competitive product or something. Just for whatever reason, I was laid off and it wasn't meant for me. And so the world kind of kept spitting me out. And then finally, one day I said, ah, there's somewhere better I need to be right now. But before that, I had run into a few, you know, very successful men, big hearts, super smart, very giving people, but a little angry and not for me. And so these people were actually dropped into my life. I was dropped into their life so that we could each learn from one, one another and figure out our way. So I was in a really negative relationship and I decided for myself, even though I was raised in a very medical family, I have a couple sisters who are pharmacists, I decided for myself, I was going to take the non-medical approach to find, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, but instead I chose the meditation over medication. And that began to create my safe space and just three minutes a day expanded to five minutes to 10 minutes to twice a day to my whole life being dedicated to this practice and guiding others in the same way. Wonderful, wonderful. So we'd love to learn some of those tools, but before we jump into that, how did your life change after you started these practices? Well, I think that the meditation offers such a beautiful and yet noisy and uncomfortable platform for practicing awareness. So when I become aware, like, oh, Maris, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you like this? Why are you like that? Why do people do that? Why do you do that? So all this finger pointing and judgment and noise and disturbance, the awareness helps me go, ah, I'm doing that. Okay, maybe I'll instead offer compassion for myself. And I've had some amazing teachers in my meditation lineage. So all varieties from Vedic to compassion cultivation to various teachers in New York, Chopra, Vedanta has been a big teacher of mine. And so with all these lineages, synthesizing them in a way that helps me to see more clearly. And then I can draw connections and go, ah, that's why that. And just more self-exploration without judgment. And so John Kabat-Zinn has been an impressive leader in my world, MBSR, the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. And that, and is, so the, that is the MBSR I also teach, so... Is that? Okay, beautiful. Yeah, again, another <laughs> intersection. So the, the, the definition of the MBSR type of meditation mindfulness practice is to pay attention on purpose in a particular way without judgment and with compassion. So we, when we soften and sit with our own emotions, like this hurts my feelings, I don't like this, why is it like this, I wish it was like this, then we can go, ah, and yet I love myself even through the parts that are uncomfortable and I don't like to examine. Mm -hmm. So when I can love myself and feel softness and sensitivity toward my nature that is just given to me, right? I didn't shape my own nature. I am it. We continue to express it. Then I can share and extend compassion for another because assuming, right, we can, we are all trying and doing our best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So as you practice the mindfulness, as you practice this acceptance and non-judgment practically what differences do you see in your life yeah so i get really clear answers 
So the meditation on the cushion time is like going to the gym, right? It's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's fortitude. And then when we step out of the gym, it's the other 23 hours of the day where we're strong and healthy and vibrant and alive and our body is operating properly. Similarly, when we're sitting on the meditation cushion, it's uncomfortable. We've got that Tasmanian devil bouncing around in our brain skull and we just sit and we let it sputter out all the thoughts from 13 years ago and why do they do that and why this and I don't like and I like and I want and I don't want all the noise gets a chance to sputter out. So then when I step off my cushion, the other 23 remaining hours of the day or 23 and a half will be available. I am clear. I can engage with you. I'm aware that my stomach feels a certain way. My armpits a certain way. My heart's beating a certain way. I'm thinking about that and remembering that all concurrently. And so I'm processing and unpacking while living. So I'm not also compounding the experiences so much tightening up my system. It's an effervescent, constant, fluid um, filtering of what's coming in and what's coming out. So you feel free. I feel free. Yes. And yet, you know, the meditation has taken me in places where I never thought I would go. I've traveled to India a couple of times and met some amazing people and children in the orphanages and in the um, slum schools. So getting to engage in that way and to really sit and hold space for people. Recently, I was told that I have a spotlight quality where when you're with me, you're in the spotlight. So when we're in meditation, we see ourselves. And when you're with me, you're seeing yourself and I'm seeing you. So it fast tracks your meditation results to see. And then when we see, we can offer radical acceptance. And when we radically accept ourselves, then we're more true in our nature and then others feel disarmed around us so they're more authentic we're communicating from our heart space instead of our egoistic headspace and you feel like more connected with people yes yes yeah they feel seen so they feel happy being around you so you are happy and then the people around you also feel happy that's a great result. <laughs> so I think that's a pretty practical application. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's kind of jump in and share some tools that our audience can apply right away in their life that would help them manage their emotions better, that, that, that can help them build resilience. So specifically from that angle, can you teach us some of the tools that people can apply? Absolutely. So I would like to do a little pranayama breathing work because Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't, we can't think our way out of it. We can't therapy our way out of it. We can't talk our way out of it. We can journal. This is a very high form of therapy. Getting up, drinking fresh, warm water is a beautiful form of flushing the system. Doing some movement, some exercise, get the heart pumping, a beautiful thing. Stepping onto cool grass in the morning, having those sunbeams hit your eyeballs first thing in the morning beautiful lifestyle practices, going to bed early at the same time every night, setting aside the digital engagements before you sleep. Very important. So we can do all these, you know, bookends of the day and the habits and the practices, but the breath work is one where if things are just kind of off, I'm wonky. I don't know if I have energy or if I'm tired or if I like this, I don't like this. I'm just sort of in that hazy, phasey spot. So we do the breath work that just really clears out both hemispheres of the brain, gets us balanced, stabilized, steady, down-regulates the nervous system because we get pretty jacked up when we're working and executing and doing things and accomplishing where we don't spend much time in the human being part of life, which is so very important. So the breath work can transition us from the do-do-do to the B-B-B. 
So shall we do a little practice? Yeah, yeah, let's do that because I've been kind okay. of busy since morning. So <laughs> I can Very good. with you. Yes, so the alternate nostril breathing. So we're taking the dominant hand and tucking in the index finger and the middle finger. Exactly. And then we're going to use the ring finger and the thumb and plug the nostrils as they face your face. Yes. So we'll exhale everything out. Plug with your thumb. Inhale. Plug with both and hold. Release the thumb. Exhale. Same side. Hold here. Inhale. Plug and hold. Release the ring finger. Exhale. Again, inhale, same side. Plug and hold. Release the thumb. Exhale. Inhale through the thumb side. Plug and hold. Exhale the ring finger side. Inhale ring finger side. Plug and hold. And while you're holding, relax the body, relax the shoulders, relax your throat. Exhale, thumb side. Inhale, thumb side. Plug and hold. Exhale, ring finger side. Again, inhale, ring finger side. Plug and hold both nostrils. Relax the body, chest and back and throat and belly. Exhale, thumb side. One more round. Inhale, thumb side. Plug and hold. Exhale, ring finger side. Inhale, ring finger side. Plug and hold. Relax your brain. You're going to go into a stress response, survival. This is when we're shifting our emotional regulation, knowing because our brain is smart, I'm not dying. I'm not being chased. I can relax. Exhale through the thumb side. And flick out your wrists. Shake, 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 shake. <sighs> Resume a natural breath cadence. And all of a sudden, our energy is clear and shifted and ah, giving just what we need. That is wonderful. And then we close here with hand over hand over heart. And calling to mind three qualities you love within your own being. Qualities that are deep in your nature, unique to you, not material, not comparative, just your nature, what you love about yourself. And then in a gesture of offering our gifts, we extend the palms, spreading them out far and wide and front and behind, high and low. And along the way, gathering back into these hands, all that's designed to come to us 
where we nestle them into the heart space, bowing in gratitude. And bringing these thumbs to the mind's eye here, we plug into the powerful bright light ever present and shining and guiding our way forward. At the same time, we honor this bright light in all the other beings, offering the gesture, the light in me sees the light in you, namaste. And then returning hands to a comfortable posture in your lap to close. That's wonderful. Thank you. I had a few questions as we were going through. Yes, please. And although these practices are not new to me, but I still have some questions and maybe our audiences would have that question. So number one, when you were saying, when we started doing pranayama, is it, should we have the eyes closed or open? <gasps> Good question. I think whatever it takes to not onboard additional stimuli. So when the eyes are open, we're seeing and inputting and judging and regulating and ah, trying to reconcile our world with our inner world, exterior with interior. So when we close the eyes, we can quiet some of that noise and more finely tune in to the experience of the breath, the simplicity of the breath, the enhanced awareness of the experience. <sighs> yes. Good so either, either thing. Either thing. Yes. And then you were trying to have me do this ring finger and the thumb. And so sometimes I was kind of mixing up and just using yeah. the pinky fingers or well, why is it important to have these specific fingers? Why not just first finger? And no. Yeah. So the, there are mudras, right? These are hand gestures like a yoga posture is meant to bring us to a certain state of mind. The mudra is a hand gesture posture that helps bring us to a certain state of mind. And additionally, these particular digits with their ability to press, like the ring finger is not a very strong finger, so it can't press very hard. And so we're actually pressing on a nadi, an energy center at the base of the nostril. So we don't want to press too hard. And so those fingers are designed. And it's just a steady way to also tuck the index and middle fingers into the palm, also pressing a pressure point there. Okay. I get to learn some, some new things. <laughs> and so, you know, I could see the science behind, of course, you know, when you are breathing in, you're getting in more oxygen. And when you're holding, you're giving the time for the lungs to have this exchange. So the oxygen can come from the air into your blood vessels, through your bronchioles. And then when you breathe out, then you can breathe out the air with more carbon dioxide. So you're getting more fresh air. It's just that process of breathing in and holding and breathing out by itself has a lot of benefit in terms of getting fresh air and getting fresh, both, both your body and mind. So I could see the signs behind. I yeah, they say that the nose takes in the proper amount of nitric oxide that the body can metabolize in any given breath. So if we're breathing through the mouth, we're taking in more than the body can metabolize. So therefore breathing through the nose is better for our, um, pH balances and the toxicity of our blood. And so that reduces inflammation and gets better oxygen to the lungs and to the brain and to all the organs. Yeah. And plus, you know, the air gets filtered going through the yes. nose. Yes. Uh, cavities right. in the hair and stuff so it kind of catches all the <laughs> dust and, 
and stuff sure. to prevent that from going in the in the body. So I can see the science behind it. And plus, just becoming aware and breathing in and breathing out because we are breathing all the time. Like you know, we can't right. be breathing. So we are breathing in the background without our awareness. Just bringing the awareness to the breathing can also help calm down the brain. And so I'm just kind of, uh, I can understand, but I would like to kind of let's discuss a little bit further how a practice of breathing would help somebody manage their emotions or become aware of their emotions and become more resilient. Like, you know, let's kind of create that connection. Yeah, right, sure. So the brain has a job and it likes to think, much like the heart has a job and it is to pump. So when the brain is thinking too much, it can take our emotions with it and the emotions disrupt our nervous system because those emotions live in our bodies, the limbic system and the nervous system. And so when we can focus on something constant, sometimes it's a mudra, sometimes it's a mantra over and over, so hum, so hum, so hum. It gives our brain a track so it's not running wild. And at the same time, it's processing all the things and letting you know the noise and the compressed experiences from the past effervesce and be released and free. So we're just tracking, 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 giving it something to do while we cleanse and clear the brain. So the breathing is one way to give it something to think about. <laughs> Another one, which is really nice, is taking those two fingers again, but to your radial pulse point mm -hmm. on the opposite hand and just feeling that heartbeat and just feeling, feeling, feeling. And that softens and brings us in and quiets us, connects us to our life force and gives us a bodily experience too. Because for me, being vata in my constitution, sometimes breathing is way too agitating for me. So thinking windy, it's like, <gasps> and I want, want to suffocate, right? Sometimes you start, and when we hold the breath, we feel like we're suffocating and we could die. And then that amps up our stress. So unhelpful. So feeling a pulse point could be another starting place for you if you want to train the brain with something to focus upon. That's wonderful. Yeah, I've had patients like, you know, when I will try to teach them abdominal breathing yeah, or, or we say deep breathing, just, well, <laughs> that would be really gasping yeah. for air. That's not deep right. breathing. You want to have the relaxed deep breathing. And so you showed one of them. So this is this is a great tool. And so I would recommend that people kind of learn to become aware of what is happening and just grounding, grounding Ground yourself. Exactly. The mind, when, when I teach the, the mindfulness techniques, I kind of tell like, it is like wiping the blackboard. When you know, there's so much written on the blackboard, yes. and you, yet you're going into another project or another task, everything exactly. is full. And so you write something on top of it, it gets more confusing doing a meditation or mindfulness practice is like wiping that blackboard and creating the space. So when you are starting to do the next thing, it would be clear. Clear. Exactly. We're on the same page with that because the meditation is not that time to silence the mind. When we're off and we're done and ready to start the new project, that's when the mind needs to be quiet so we can receive good ideas and hear our colleagues talking from their heart, not a judgmental, egoistic place. So yes, it just helps us engage humanity better when we take time to flush out our own. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like your yeah. perspective on that. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's kind of when we are having fun time passes, 
So uh, I'm kind of just became aware. So I know the people would love to learn more of your tips and tools and and thank you for that gift you're going to share with our audience. Can you tell us what is in that gift? Yeah, so three things. One is a 30-minute live guided meditation session. One is a one-hour lifestyle consultation. And the third is access to our ebook, uh, 10 Non-Negotiable Must-Do Daily Habits. So that is on Amazon, but I will be sure to get everyone a copy and they can have a free access to the 10 lifestyle habits. A few of them I mentioned in the conversation. Wonderful, wonderful. And so if people want to reach you, how can they reach you? Ah, yes. Thank you. So the website is opulentmindfulness.com. And this is where you can find all the corporate packages or the individual packages, class packs. And then also you can reach me by email, maris at opulentmindfulness, or feel free to text or call anytime. I'm always interested in subject conversations like this and hearing your true heart story. My phone number is in Oregon area code 503-756-3622. Wonderful. All right. So before we end, can you give us your best advice in a nutshell? (sighs) That might've been it. (laughs) Take a deep breath. I believe the best advice. Okay. Here it is to not identify with any number of the fleeting emotions that run into our bodies every day. I'm not a sad person because I feel a moment of sadness. I'm not a tired person because I feel a moment of tiredness. I'm not an always on person because I happen to be, you know, elevating at high capacity right now. So not attaching to identifying with labels, tap into your true, true essence so that you can be free to be reshaped and recreated and designed and and calling forth what is necessary in that moment for your greatest divine purpose. Wonderful. Yeah. So don't get attached to emotions. Yes. Beautiful summary. Yes, exactly right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time and all the advice. And for our audience, if you'd like to get the gifts and the contact information, please go to our website, happyandhealthymind.com. And there's a big button called resources. If you click that, you'll be able to go to the place where all these uh, wonderful gifts are a place from all these wonderful guests we have on these programs and today is our 120th program i'm really excited and thank you for earning in this journey and so let me leave you on this question today is the first day of the rest of your life you have a choice are you going to just allow status quo and let things be the way they are or are you going to take a moment to practice some of the tools that you learned today. Become mindful, become aware of your emotions so you can be clear in your mind and make the best decision so you can live your best life. Again, the choice is yours. Until next time, stay safe, happy and healthy. Dr. Rosina, and thank you, Maris, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. And also, I feel that you are doing what you practice because I feel calm in your presence. So thank you for that. (laughs)